0: Hey, guys. So I opened the door on Instagram yesterday. I had been throwing a few things up about um, how the podcast was doing. And I guess every now and again, I get emails um, just telling me certain statistics, people listening, how many, where. And and that was really cool. So a couple of people asked. I mean, I, I put up Instagram, you can do this. I guess it's like a question. You know, you can um, people can ask you questions, or you can ask a question and people can answer. I suppose I should say, um, and so I, I, a bit like Ask All Friday, but I threw it out there on Instagram just if anyone had anything that they'd like covered or a, a topic, um, and then I wasn't sure if I would do each topic individually or if I would just you know cover a few. So. One of the first responses was strained relationships while training. And I'm going to... I don't totally know what you mean by that. Um, I'm going to take a wide guess that you mean, like, issues in relationships, whether it's friends or family or um, probably more likely boyfriend-girlfriend, boyfriend-boyfriend, etc., etc. Um, and so more I'm going to... Go with that is I'm I'm going to go back to Delhi Commonwealth Games, um 2010 and I I was there is no doubt back then I was a I was a pretty good athlete um I showed a lot of potential I had competed fairly well over 1500 meters running 343 a few times I hadn't quite run a Commonwealth Games standard and that kind of bothered me um you know. I don't want to go too off topic, but two years ago, I asked two and a half years ago now, I asked Athletics Ireland to consider me for selection for the World Championships in London. Um, I had ran the IAAF qualifying time, but similar to Sinead Diver, I hadn't ran the Ireland's qualifying time, and so they they didn't select me. And um, you know they apologized, and I then responded and said, I'm going to make sure in the next few years that I'm never, this is in my own internal head. I can't remember if I emailed it. I'm not really sure. But I basically said, in the next couple of years, I'm not going to ever be stuck in that position again. I'm just going to run the qualifying times. I'm going to look at the selection policy. I'm going to do exactly what they tell you, what you need to do. If you need to compete in the trials, do the trials if you need to run two qualifying times do run two qualifying times etc cetera, etc cetera. because it can be stressful and um, hoping basically i needed athletics ireland to do me a favor and i don't necessarily like depending on anybody if i if if i can control the environment i can control the scenario i just run the qualifying time um so back to delhi and i had i hadn't run the qualifying time but Northern Ireland often selects people based on, I guess, the top 10 guys who gets closest to a qualifying time. And the qualifying time was 3.42.5. I was eight tenths of a second off that. Um, so I was, I was fairly close. <clears throat> but I remember not being totally satisfied that I didn't get the qualifying time. Anyway, I said to myself, you have eight weeks. It's very likely that in eight weeks' time, if you make the most of everything – you could be in a position to run 342 at the championship. Um, And I, as a very emotional kid, you know, you're looking at me being, so that's Delhi 2010, nine years ago. So I'm a 22-year-old, I say kid, you know, I'm a, yeah, I'm a kid. Um, I was young. I really let relationships beat me up, I suppose you could say. and I was in a relationship at the time and I was so hell-bent on this relationship working. I I focused way more on the relationship than I did on myself. And so Commonwealth Games suffered um drastically. Um my my training suffered, my headspace suffer suffered a lot. Um I was so caught up in this girl. And now me and this girl are still friends, and that's that's a healthy thing and that's a nice thing, but you know. I wasted a Commonwealth Games on a relationship that that didn't even work out. Now, it's not the relationship was to blame. It's it's entirely myself. Um, you have to hold yourself accountable. And um, it was me chose to waste emotions on the relationship. And even if I was still with that girl and things were working out, and it still isn't worth it. Um, you have, to, you have to live your life too. And so what I would say is pick your battles. Um, it's okay to have arguments. It's okay to have disagreements, but you need to take care of the things that you need to take care of. And, you know, if running's important to you or you have opportunities to do well, you know, you'll actually have a far better relationship if you start looking after yourself the things that were probably going wrong in my relationship was probably the fact that i wasn't looking after myself and i wasn't taking care of my training and and i think most people most humans if you're looking after yourself and you're looking after your training and you're you know chasing your goals and you know the pursuit of happiness and things like this you know if you're looking after you most humans will respect that you might piss them off temporarily no I'm not going to run you around this morning. No, I'm not going to give you a lift there. I have my training to do. You can offer an alternative. I'll help you out in the afternoon. I'll help you out tonight. That's still being a good person. That's not a bad person. Putting yourself first is not being a bad person. Um, And your goals and the things you're confident about and the things that you want to achieve. So I would say it's fine to have little disagreements and little bumps on the road. But really look after yourself yourself. And um, you, you're going to people that are, I don't know, even up to the age of 30, you're going to go through relationships. People are going to come and go from your life, friends, family and um, partners. Don't ever sacrifice your goals for the sake of a relationship to work when in reality that relationship might not even exist in a year's time or in a couple of months time, et cetera, et cetera. I For a very long period of my life let a lot of my big goals suffer for the sake of relationships and more so for me it was like the girlfriend or and me thinking that i had to always make them happy and you know what it was my own insecurities it had nothing to do with the women absolutely nothing to do with the women it was my own problems and i always thought i had to look after them and not myself and then they think you're needy and insecure and, and you know, attention-seeking and all things like this. And, and actually, in my head, I was thinking, in my head, it was fear. You know, I didn't want to upset that person. I wanted to always impress that person. That fear is just insecurity and neediness. Now, obviously, I grew out of that. And it's what's helped me develop into the athlete I am today. I have a, a much better balance. But it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to go through. So, very good question. Um, I don't necessarily know that I give any coping mechanisms or but just don't give up on the things that are important to you and you know what's really, really attractive someone that knows what they want and doesn't let things get in the way of what they want that's a really, really attractive trait <clears throat> okay second one um s and c what do I do? Do I lift heavy weights? do I focus more on body weight? Um, <laughs> interesting. It varies. Um, I I like I I haven't done any S and C probably for the last ten days. Um, but I was I was back in a routine of doing it twice a week for about five weeks there, four or five weeks, which was I was really happy with. Um, and then just with travel and and little things like that, I haven't. And and you know what tends to happen in the marathon build up is when you start to do. Specific sessions like the one I did Sunday, you know, gym doesn't necessarily fit. Uh, you know, I do this really hard run Sunday, and you know you're had I have kept going. You know you're going to run a two seventeen or a two eighteen marathon. Um, I don't expect my body to be able to bounce back Monday, and you know go through a through a gym session. So I think I periodize gym. Um, I will. I I will do gym this Thursday but it'll it'll act more in the role of activation. Um, I think when you do start doing the specific types of training, what can happen is muscles can get fatigued. When muscles get fatigued, they can switch off. They can get lazy. Things like this can go on. Um, So what you'll probably find is I'll go into the Sports Institute on Thursday and I'll do a little bit of lifting in terms of let's build some strength but that'll be prone holds, holds for the adductors, and maybe a couple of glute bridges. It's a combination of trying to build a layer of strength, which only comes through consistency, at least eight to 10 weeks. And um, So a little bit of it, it is to do with strength. A lot of it is to do with making sure muscles on a semi-regular basis, i.e. at least once a week, are being switched back on, adductors, hamstrings, glutes um calves etc cetera, etc cetera. Um i don't lift heavy it feels heavy um, you know i put like 50 kg on my back and do a squat and i'm like ah don't injure myself but it, it's not heavy at all um, and i think that just shows you sometimes where if i if i was tapered and not running 100 mile a week god i can't see a thing out my window of the car if i was tapered and not run 100 mile a week 50 kilograms on my back would probably feel like pretty easy but um it's not even my body weight <laughs> so <clears throat> certainly not um heavy weights but yes there is plates yes there is a bar on my back and I do something really simple like three sets of six squats I really like squatting Um I don't know if it just reminds me of being like a rugby player and stuff and there's something quite nice about like doing some form of weights but everything else that I'm doing is like single leg glute bridges um some hamstring type stuff like sliders where you're rolling out on the little sliders and you're doing it really slowly um I do a couple of side planks but I stabilize myself with the adductor first of all I start with my knee on the bench so that it's a little bit of an adductor strain and then sometimes I move to the calf if my adductors are feeling pretty healthy that day and then I do a little bit of core um I do some single leg squats too um and, and that's generally it. Um, You know, I could go into the gym on Thursday and, and sort of like just go a bit rogue with it. And I might be like, you know what, let's do two sets of squats because we haven't done that in a while. First of all, we'll do the warm up and the warm up will be band stuff, clams um, a couple of walking drills with the band to get the glutes activated. Then we'll do some body weight squats. Just to, I guess it acts as a warm up. And then we do like some pogos, which are very light plyometric bounds, but like up and down, double leg, and a couple of CMJs, which is similar to like plyometrics, but I certainly don't think it's like aggressive plyometrics. Um, And then I do some single leg hops, and then we move into actually doing some exercise. And like I said, you'll probably find I'll do one to two sets of squats, just because I haven't done them in a while. And then I'll move to a couple of probably glute bridges. My hamstrings have been, my hamstrings get a little bit beat up when I'm doing the longer specific stuff. So you're probably going to find I don't want to do too much hamstring stuff because the actual running is doing plenty to beat the hamstrings up. Um, And yeah, we'll probably do some upper back. Like we do like a TRX row. And look, it's, it's really simple stuff. With me doing the yoga once or twice a day, I'm probably getting quite a lot out of that too. There's a lot of balancing going on. There's probably a little bit of activation goes on there naturally. Um, I, I, think, and I do think I'm naturally quite strong. Um, and what beats my body up the most is the speed that some of these days I have to bloody run at to get the stimulus that I'm after. It's becoming quite frustrating. In a very nice way, it's becoming frustrating that I have to run pretty fast um, to, yeah, just to work the, the system that I want to work. We did a we did a little bit of stuff in the lab today, and it was in the lab because it's been frosty outside, um, and so I didn't necessarily want it to be on the treadmill, but it just had to be because of the frost on the track. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm doing like 20, 20 to 21 kilometers an hour on the treadmill, like, alternating three-minute reps and one-minute reps, Um, and bloody hell, like, the lactate didn't go above two, which is pretty fucking annoying, because I probably would have wanted it to have been, like, two and a half, three, to be honest with you today, but it didn't go above two, and I I didn't want to go any faster than that, like, I don't really want to go quicker than 4.30 to 4.40 per mile on the treadmill without worrying that, like, I'll upset my hamstrings, and so, yeah, that was interesting can i squeeze down there all right calm down darling she's shouting at me she was so angry that lady i can't believe that people would get like that furious to get into the apartment block that i um stay in there's like a left hand turn and it oh, it's not my left hand turn i sorry i have to turn right and there's a wee arrow on the ground in the lane that i go into that you know, it's the other way, like but I I don't honestly know how it would turn down it's a it's a dead end street. And so I guess you'd have to go down to the bottom of the street and somehow come back on yourself and then left hand turn into this woman was angry, like shouting angry You're in the wrong fucking lane. <laughs> oh poor woman. and um, but she was mad. Um but yeah, no, um it, it it is getting slightly frustrating, the speed um that I that I have to because my hamstrings just don't love life when I run that fast and um I I, I, I didn't want to go any faster because, um, like I say it just puts more stress, especially when you come back from a run like you do Sunday. But like Sunday was a really good run, but the heart rate and even the lactate that I tested at the end, it's it's not high. Like I, I remember thinking about Ches and and Chez has got to the point where he's so good that like it can it can seem scary the speeds that he's training at and a coach would almost be like whoa whoa slow down slow down but Chez used to say to me Skull it's easy and I'd be like fuck I can't believe it. it's easy because holy shit like you're running so fast but I almost thought there might be like a D detraining effect by holding an athlete back all the time it's almost like it acts as a D detraining effect um if you're not pushing the lactate up, if you're not pushing the heart rate up, and you're never working harder than pretty low millimoles of lactic and pretty low heart rates, how do you ever push the training forward? Um. All right. Next question. Um. Cadence. It drives me crazy. I have a very good cadence in races, but um. Sorry. One second. The physio texts me. Um. I have a very good cadence in races, but can't keep the same for a slower run I don't think you should be trying to keep it the same for a slower run now I don't I don't keep an eye on my cadence I want to say that it's about 190 um and the physio thought it was tomorrow um I want to say it's about 190 sorry I'm being annoying Uh, Um okay, so in a race I do think it's one ninety. Um but I, I have no idea. I don't even pay attention to it in training. Um I am probably gonna be maybe I'm being like I'm not gonna say rude about that, but like maybe I'm just lucky that mine sits in a good place and so it's something that I've never paid attention to. Um, or, or should I say, had to pay attention to. Um, I don't know enough about it. I think it's more of a and c guy's forte, maybe. Um, what I would imagine that would help is the likes of... Um, when when Rob Demmead helped my training for a little bit, um, after we did, like, hill reps or... After we did, sometimes on a long run day, actually, Rob used to set a couple of quick feet. He would say for like 40 to 50 meters, I want you to do like exactly what you would imagine quick feet being, like you're kind of trying to move along 40 meters, but like really tiny footsteps and as quick as you can, really quick feet. Um, Single leg bounding, um, running bounds. so pretending you're running, but Kind of do it in a bounding way, bounding from left to right. It's best to do this uphill so that it doesn't um, put too much stress on the legs if it were to be downhill. Or, or even the flat could put a lot of stress on the legs. Um, very tough one. Speed drills, agility drills, mate. I I think it's something that you have to put the drills, the bounding, the quick steps in place But when you're running, just allow it to happen naturally. Allow that shift to just happen. I don't think it's wise when you're running to be focusing too much on it. Because I think it's fine when you get tired in a race. I I heard um, Bradley Wiggins talk about that. And I heard that in his time trials, that's one of the things he thinks about. Cadence, 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 cadence. And for cyclists, that's fine. They just keep that cadence, at the right cadence, that power output at the right power output, um, and it, it tends to work. Um, just a second, I'll pause this while people are yarning. Those ladies were very excited. Don't know where they were going, but, um, yeah, like, cadence, I think, in cycling is, um, when I used to do hill reps, actually, and I used to get pretty tired, Cadence used to be one of the things that I would focus on, like maybe maybe it acted as a distraction from the fact that I was running uphill and starting to get really tired. Um, Or, yeah, maybe it it is a good thing to focus on. But maybe I'm lucky and have a pretty good one, Um, and so it's just something I've never had to focus on. But um, there's other areas that I'm not lucky, and most of that is – psychological <laughs> and there's plenty of issues upstairs that I can work on and it's been a fucking nightmare the last two days here for example because um, my American visa got sorted which is so cool um, but of course you know what I'm like when like plans change or whatever um, and all of a sudden it meant I had to start debating you know is it worth doing the interview before Houston? But if I do the interview before Houston, will I get my passport back in place? Should I change my travel back? Oh, my God. You could just imagine where my wee poor brain was going. It's been fucking restless for the last probably 36 hours trying to figure out what the best thing to do with this bloody visa is. And poor wee brain. I need to give it a day off. Um, Okay. I'm going to do one more as time wears on. Um. Okay, so the last thing I'm going to look at is um, different racing strategies. Um, actually, I will come back to that. I like this question. How you and your coach, and i might do both, how you and your coach work, you tend to make a lot of decisions of your own training. I do, you know... Um, very interesting question the, the 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 current plan that i'm following is one that i pretty much typed up myself um but i it would be very wrong of me to i did a talk with the belfast marathon squad at the weekend um i one of the only reason i ended up doing a talk is because jackie asked me jackie newton high performance manager asked me you know is there anything i would add or Is What did I think of the day or how things were going? And I was like, look, if these guys want to make the Olympics in um, four years' time, the first thing they need to learn is what it takes, what sort of training it takes to become an Olympian, first and foremost. Um, And I I think that's so important. If you don't know what kind of training you should be aiming to get to, it doesn't have to be overnight. It can be a slow process. But you have to fucking know, oh, my God, I run 60 mile a week now. Like, if I was going to take up cycling tomorrow, the first thing I'd be doing or triathlon or any sport, how my brain works is the first thing I'd be doing is going, all right, what the fuck training is Alistair Brownlee doing, Johnny Brownlee? Why would I be asking that? Because they're the best in the world. You know, to me, that's just common sense. Um. And, and maybe other people do that. I don't know. I'd imagine a lot of people do that, actually. Um, but it doesn't mean that I'd go day one and try to do what they do. But I'd probably start incorporating little bits of it into my day-to-day um, where I could see possible or where I it felt manageable. Um, and so from a very young age, I've been fascinated by, like, what are the words best in? And websites like Let's Run and um, just Google. Galen Rupp's training, Shillian Flanagan's training, like, I don't know, Google-Bloody Stephen Scullion's training and my Strava will come up, like, you know, it's easy to find, really easy nowadays on the internet to find what other people are doing, Um, and so I've been doing that for years, Um, and so when I, most of the time that I ask a coach to help me, it's not because I don't know what plan would work or what plan I could set myself that would create a good result. It's that it's far nicer to share the journey with somebody. And it's also a very nice thing to be able to ask a coach, am I being emotional about this? um, Or am I being logical about this? Can you have a look at this? Can you look at this? And is there anything you can see that I can't because maybe I'm looking at it in a emotional driven way Um, and so you know let's say let's say my Northern Ireland record gets broke two days before I'm writing up the training plan you know or let's say when my Northern Ireland record does get broke I start changing the training and then when I send the review over to Haas at the end of the week he starts going hold on a minute this wasn't in your original plan like what the fuck's going on here Coaches play a role. Coaches play different roles in every person's training. Um, in my training, it might be an accountability thing. In my training, the role of my coach is to ask the question of, you know, where are you going with this plan? Like, did you not say you were going to do five weeks at altitude and then one week here and then, you know, or two weeks, whatever. You know what I mean? It. The role of Haas is so that I don't I just don't go rogue. Because when I go rogue, fuck, I'd change the plan every single day. Whereas at the end of each week, I send a little review to Haas and I don't lie on it. And we can kind of look and see, like before I go do something, if if I'm not being held accountable, I might fucking train too hard or too much or whatever. But when I know that at the end of the week, I have to send over a wee review of how the week went. I just don't be a dick, you know. Like I just stick to the the original plan that Has will have looked over and seen. I think that looks too tough. I think you should do a bit more weeks at altitude, or blah blah blah, and and that's the way it works. I'm I'm guilty of changing the plan quite a lot, and um, I get excited. Maybe fitness improves, but but I also do have logic too. Um, like you know when Sunday went as well as it did. Sunday was supposed to be the last 10 miles at 5.10. It was supposed to be 5.50 for the first 12 miles and then 5.10 for the last. But that was a prediction. That was a prediction that when I put the heart rate, the marathon heart rate, that's what speed it would have been. So I put the heart rate, the marathon heart rate, and it just so happened to be as fast as it was. Um, Next Friday was set up to be 14 miles at marathon heart rate fucking hell you know I'd end up going around to Victoria Park and averaging like I told you guys like 455 you know and um, I think that's too much and um, I, I think that would beat up my hamstrings I think I might go into race day and be really confused you know whoa why was I able to run 450 pace around Victoria Park but here's race day and, and I'm struggling to hit five minutes Um. You know, you, you maybe you did it in training, uh, maybe you overdid it in training. So there's definitely a logical part to my brain too. So the logical part to my brain throws the question to half and it says, Hey mate, Sunday was what it was. It ended up being really fast. Um, it I it's not a I didn't do anything wrong, it's just where my fitness is at. Do you think it would be smart on Friday to change it and instead of doing fourteen miles in one go? at that faster speed, do we break it up? And by breaking it up, all it does is you're gonna get a similar similar stimulus, you're gonna get a similar good day of work, but you're just gonna protect your body a little bit from beating itself up. Um, and that's the balance you're stuck in. The body's not invincible. My body's strong, there's no doubt about it, um, but it's not invincible. And you know, no matter how fit you are aerobically, the second you get hurt, you know sometimes you have to go back and start from scratch and um, so you should always be trying to protect that. so the role of my coach um <clears throat> one thing I will say is has pushed the boundaries I had never ever considered doing twenty two mile runs twenty four mile runs twenty six mile runs, etc, cetera, etc cetera. so um working with has pushed those boundaries all of a sudden. Um, when, when he told me about Chilean 24 and 28 on a Sunday, alternating one Sunday 24, the next Sunday 28, and then when he wrote up my first plan for Houston, um, you know, that's nearly two years ago now, um, or one year ago now, um, you know, it included 25 mile long runs, and once it goes in the plan, you know, it, you get it done but I never in a million years would have put a 25 mile long run into my plans. Um, All the plans that I would have read would have been about like Kenyans and um, things like that. And apart from like Kipchoge, they don't necessarily do consistent long runs on a Sunday. Some of the plans I've seen there, there definitely is long runs and long sessions, but not like consistently on a Sunday, like what most Westerns and Europeans do. Um, But remember that I'm not Kenyan and I'm not Ethiopian. So um, actually, sometimes you have to be smart and you have to do your Stephen Scullion from Belfast, you know, do what will work for you. And um, maybe the, maybe doing the longer run on a Sunday, what it does for me is to develop an aerobic capacity to match the Kenyans, who for Potentially did we talk about, you know, for years as kids, maybe develop an aerobic endurance that, you know, we don't have. So maybe they don't need to have um that longer run in place, but you know, maybe I do. Um and so the rule the rule changes. Um it changes marathon to marathon. Um I I like reading about what other guys are doing, other guys that have had success, and then potentially implementing some of that into my own training. Um, I had this idea. My my build-up at the start of this build-up seemed very, very simple on paper. And we had just came off Doha. We had just came off Dublin. I knew, first and foremost, I had to recover. And then I had to, within the marathon training... I had to transition back to being a bit faster. You know, Doha was never supposed to be a quick marathon. I didn't train for a quick marathon. I trained for a 520 pace marathon in the heat. Um, Dublin wasn't supposed to be that fast, but ended up being pretty fast. Um, And so my big goal for Houston was to start with Fartlex, start with hills, Fartlex hills, Fartlex hills, and then mile reps, and then after I had done four to five weeks of that sort of stuff on a Tuesday, which is now, is to start moving to the track and being a bit faster. Um, and it was good in theory. You know, you're going to do a couple of fart legs. You're not going to feel that fast, but they're going to help. Then you're going to do hills. It's going to help your par. And and then eventually, when you come to do the track stuff, you shouldn't be a million miles away from having a pretty good day. Um, and, and I think that's what's roughly going to happen. Um so that was my idea. I sent it over to Haas. The, the template that I send, in, it includes a lot of the staple things that Haas put in my first program, um, five times two mile with one mile float, three times five mile with one mile float. You know, you build the long run, 17, 18, 19, 20, 22, 24. And um, this Sunday, I might even go a bit further and um, like 20, 25, 26, but not at any serious pace, just... Um, like, pretty solid, um, so, yeah, it, it's a, it's definitely a combination, um, I think that works best if you have some kind of knowledge of training, there's nothing like being motivated to do your own training that you set, because if someone else sets it, it can seem daunting, if you set it, it's a bit like, well, I mean, I set the fucking thing, so, you know, I can't really complain about it. <laughs> um, but you have to work with it, and you have to give your body what it needs, and, but you also sometimes just have to do the session that potentially in your head makes sense, um, providing there is some form of, I don't know, logic or science behind it. Um, so yeah, look, we're now at 34 minutes. Um, I think that will potentially do today. I, I stretched that out a little bit just as i do talking um but i'll I come back to it in a day or two and i'll answer a couple more of the questions i'm just going to go take a screenshot um of some of the other questions that i missed um but yeah thanks very much guys um hope some of that was useful um, and i hope you gained maybe maybe something out of it um all right guys have a good day bye bye